from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing very well, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, we're doing all right. Ted, how are you feeling this morning? Are you uh, you any uh, better? I'm still a little bit coffee. I'm still, I'm literally, I'm having to stop the show by two paracetamol, a chug on the inhaler, some nose spray, uh, and plenty of tissue around me, and and, and we'll get through it. It's like a Sunderland game. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Anyway, I, I've got a bone to pick with the red. Oh, oh, me oh hang on, hang on. Are you, is this aimed at me here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't think it was you. Whoever's looking after the Twitter account, though, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really threw me under the bus last night. Absolutely. Didn't even didn't even tag Ryan. It was a deliberate attempt oh, really? to get me into trouble with Borough fans. Okay. Yes. I, I, I don't believe that for a second. Uh, yes. Hang on. I'm on no, to yes, you, I Rob. do. I'm on to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark my words, Sonny Jim, I'll be there in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off Twitter and get me a coffee in there, lad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just catching up on that now. <laughs> yes. That's good yes, fun. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well said. Oh, I, t- I threw him under the bus on the weekend, Daz. I, it was a Sunday, I think. I, I, I tagged yes, him into Michael yes, Beale's did. presser uh, and said, oh, Teddy boy. Oh, my goodness. You should have seen <laughs> the, the messages response. he got. Oh, yeah. it was it was funny. It, I, I find I, it funny. I did nothing to deserve it. <laughs> well, uh, I did more to provoke it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That doesn't right, surprise no. me. Um, it we, is no. my show today. It is my show. So I will let you know what we're going to go after. Then we're going to get into Ooh, some yeah. club headlines. You'll notice there is a missing, bald, sensible person uh, that keeps us in line normally. Steve Wraith is absolutely today. Uh, we <laughs> oh. will be talking uh, a little bit about Newcastle today, though, in his absence. And by a little bit, I mean not really at all. Uh, but I yeah. promise you, Newcastle fans, uh, that uh, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, 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 he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit, and we've got his headlines to play for you, as well as a couple of. Uh, he's written a beautiful poem as well, which yeah. we might read out. I might get Ted to read that out via trumpet. Yeah. We'll see how we go. We've got a preview: Newcastle taking on Aston Villa tonight. They're back in the Premier League. Can Newcastle get a win over Aston Villa? The FA Cups uh, has proved some uh, some interesting results overnight. Newcastle have now found out who they're facing in the next FA Cup. We'll talk to the lads about that. We're going to talk to the fallout of Liverpool that continues with Jurgen Klopp now leaving, their sporting director walking off at the end of the season, and Van Dyke, who was interviewed yesterday, saying he's unsure if he'll stay at Liverpool now without Klopp. Whew. What's happening there at Liverpool? Another day and another Man United play issue. Rashford has missed the weekend due to illness. Uh, but the night before was spotted in a nightclub partying. Ten Hag coming out and having to say it's an internal issue that issue that he'll deal with. Uh, many internal issue that that poor man's got. Lewis Milo has just signed a new long-term contract with Newcastle United as well. I want to ask Teddy Boy who at Sunderland he would like to see on the same sort of deal. And Dazzy, I'll get to you for the borough as well. Yeah. Darren Moore has been sacked again uh, at Huddersfield. Huddersfield in line for another manager after having Warnock at the start of the season. Darren Moore then was sacked after 23 games. Will they turn to Warnock again? We'll ask the lads about that. 
for the championship experts. Uh, we're going to talk about a certain charity walk that's happening from the Stadium of Light to the Riverside Stadium, where they were hoping to raise £12,000. Well, Teddy boy, they're at 11350 So we're Brilliant. hoping to get them over the Absolutely line, and we'll give you some links later on uh, in the show on how you can help out with that. We're going to talk about the greatest strike partnerships ever, and if we'll ever see them in modern-day football again. Players like Henry and, oh, sorry, Henry and Birdcamp, Shearer and Sutton. My Aussie came out then. Henry, old Henry, yeah. Henry and Birdcamp, Shearer and Sutton. Players like that. Will we ever see a great strike force ever again? Or is it solo strikers for the rest of our lives? We'll have to tell. And we're going to also talk about, just quickly, the Mark, Mikel Arteta, who was linked with Barcelona, but coming out saying it's a disgrace. I don't know where it's come from. It's totally untrue. <laughs> I am very upset about it. It's a disgrace. I can, hear the, exactly. I can literally hear the baby crying about your impression. Oh, whoops, whoops. My bad, my bad. No, 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 no. no. Hey, she, she's as much part of the show as what we are. No, do, do not, do not, whoops. No, that, she's part of that, this show. How dare you? Yeah, is, How dare you shun your own daughter? Is. That, that, that is my that is my my beautiful 11 12 week old now oh my god 12 weeks old so yes she wow. is uh she's crying as much as i am that uh morgan rogers is now in a bidding war as well so we'll get to that but as always ladies and gentlemen boys and girls for your morning we have to go around to the three lads get the club headlines what's making news at newcastle sunderland and middlesbrough this morning we have got teddy we have got racy we have got rai rai uh and all of us have got our own headlines Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Alex Pritchard appears to be on the brink of a reunion with Tony Mowbray after a second time in his career where he's forced to move away from the club he's contracted to. Pritchard told the Black Cats he was withdrawing from the matchday squad in a bid to leave the club with immediate effect, and rumours are abound that he'll switch to Birmingham City for a nominal fee thought to be around £100,000 for the 30-year-old. The midfielder would have been able to leave for free in the summer. Sunderland FC under 21 sealed a comfortable three points in the Premier League 2 with a 3-1 victory over Leeds United last night. Harrison Jones, lovely piano note, I think it was a C-sharp. Harrison Jones grabbed the opener from Timothy Pembele's good back on 16 minutes. Nazari Rusin slotted away the second of the evening, finding the bottom corner just moments later. Rusin had his second and the Black Cats third just before the break, rounding the keeper and finishing into an open net. The hosts did grab a consolation goal, however the game was already beyond redemption for Leeds as the lads cemented fifth place in the Premier League 2. And finally, Sunderland women are now in the League Cup quarterfinals after the FA's decision to deduct three points from Aston Villa for fielding an ineligible, I really struggle with that word, ineligible <laughs> player against the lasses last week. As we mentioned last week, after initially being knocked out of the competition, an accusation was made after Villa's Noel Maritz came on as a substitute, yet Maritz, who signed for Villa earlier this month, had previously played three times for Arsenal in this season's competition. The decision means that the Lasses will now face the mighty Chelsea women's team in the next round, who were regarded as one of the very best sides in the world in the women's game. They are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. Borough are ready for a bidding war over the next few days with Morgan Rogers now the target of West Ham. Ahoy. 
Middlesbrough have apparently set a $15 million minimum on Rodgers and it seems Villa haven't been willing to reach that. However, it is now reported West Ham are eager to take Rodgers and will be able to cough up the $15 million asking, sorry, $15 million pound asking price. The transfer window shuts midnight on Thursday and it seems like it'll be a busy few days for the recruitment staff at the borough. We are also reported to be keen on to get a striker, but it is a reminder that it will only be if it's the right fit, the right deal, uh, and the right person who can slot in in the next few days. Interesting is that player out there. Middlesbrough also surprised everyone last week by signing left-back Luke Thomas on loan. Hey, this one was came out of nowhere. The young left-back had been on loan at Sheffield United for the season, however, has had that cut short as Wilder now likes to play a back three. Good on you, Wilder. Thomas has now come across to the Borough in what seemed like a perfect move for all parties. Borough are missing Alex Bangura, who is now likely out for the rest of the season with a torn hamstring. And Borough will be remain without their Aussie duo in Riley McGree and Sammy Silveira as Australia beat Indonesia 4-0 to progress into the last round of eight. The final of the Asian Cup will be played on the 10th of February, so if Australia do make it all the way to the final, the players will not be back until after the 10th of February. Come on, McGree, get back here, goat. And finally, Borough women have signed prolific goal scorer Faye Dale. The 20-year-old forward is Michael Mulhern's latest addition to the squad as he looks to add more goals to the side. Dale has already bagged eight goals so far this season. Faye, who started her career at Borough, had represented England Lionesses from under-15s to under-19s, and the players returning to the T-side after joining Dor- Durham Sestria in 2022. Oh, I got it off there. Up the Borough. Happy Tuesday. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. A 4-1 home victory for Blackburn Rovers over Wrexham in the fourth round of the FA Cup on Monday means that Newcastle will travel to Ewood Park next month in the fifth round. Newcastle United yesterday announced that Lewis Miley had signed a new long-term contract. The 17-year-old midfielder has committed his future to the Magpies, having become an important part of Eddie Howe's first-team squad this season. Ahead of the transfer window closure on Thursday at 11pm, Media speculation over activity at Gallagher continues, albeit at a reduced pace. Monday brought nothing new in terms of departures, with Miguel Miron's future increasingly looking to be on Tyneside as the Saudi transfer window closes today. A new incoming link yesterday surfaced from David Ornstein writing in The Athletic, that of Aston Villa's central midfielder Jacob Ramsey. However, that was dismissed by Eddie Howe during Monday's pre-Villa press conference. Newcastle return to Premier League action tonight at Villa Park. The game kicks off at 8.15 and it's live on TNT Sports. That's in Newcastle headlines on Tuesday morning. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The red, the tune, and the cat. Welcome back to the Northeast Brekkie Show. You're joined by Rye, the over-loving borough supporter, Ted, the trumpet player, but he's also a Mackham. And we got Daz on the buttons in the studio today. No Steve Ray like says he's... a byproduct. Is, 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 <laughs> the trumpet player also loving. just happens to be a Mackham because of his uh, disposition. Yeah. <laughs> he picked up a trumpet and thought, you know what? I like Sunderland now. That's how it went. Uh, Steve Wraith is uh, in London, I believe, doing some sort of fancy sort of thing. Uh, but London. 
<laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's doing down down in the smoke, but uh, he has written a poem, lads. Did you know his New Year's resolution was to try and be uh, a little bit more poetic this year? Uh, and I, uh, he's written a beautiful poem in our little WhatsApp group that we don't talk about. I'm not sure if he wants me to reveal it. So in in, in order for me uh, to reveal it to listeners, I will have to get permission first because one, I don't want an angry Steve Wraith on me, and two, I don't want to stuff it up or have him me read it out. If he's, I'll probably embarrass it. So. We'll move on to other things, but uh, <laughs> Newcastle versus Aston Villa is on tonight. So we have got some Northeast football to talk about. We'll get the predictions from the lads later and we'll do the preview later in the show. Uh, maybe we can get Stevie's thoughts uh, via WhatsApp in there as well. But the FA Cup has reviewed some results overnight. It will not be Wrexham v Newcastle. It will not be Ryan Reynolds uh, taking on uh, Racy's uh, Newcastle. It'll be Blackburn. Blackburn have recovered to beat Wrexham 4-1. It was funny though because Wrexham were 1-0 up after 19 minutes when Cannon scored. Mm. But then Sammy Samodics, who is absolutely tearing us apart in the championship as well, lads, has come back to score two goals uh, as well as Gallagher, who's been linked with a lot of moves out of the uh, Blackburn Rovers this this window, but hasn't happened. And then Tronstad finishing it off for a 4-1 route for Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers will now have Newcastle United in the next round of fixtures. We expected this Teddy boy. Uh, we expected probably Blackburn to get past it. It was an emphatic 4-1. Wrexham proved, uh, yeah. you know, they, they tried their best, but obviously the championship in League 2 is a bit of a bit of a gap, and that's Sammy Samotics, mate. He's uh, he's well, well informed. He's, he's on fire, mate. He's, yeah. he's a quality player. He's one of those where, as a fan of a championship club, you look at, at Smodics and you kind of think, yeah, I wish we had him. And yeah. I, I don't think I don't think there's a club in that division that doesn't think that about him. He's uh, he's he's just got a little bit of everything about him. He's a good finisher. He's got an eye for a pass. He, he's not afraid to get stuck in physically. Um, and most importantly, you never see him injured. And I'm, I'm touching wood because obviously, you know, I uh, <laughs> I hope I don't jinx him with that. Like, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a quality quality player. Um, I I think he could probably make the step up into the Premier League quite easily. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, maybe a, a lot of bottom half, maybe even some of the top half teams taking a, a close look at him because he's, he's consistent, right? And that's yeah. that's something that's, Agreed. you know, all all important in in any walk of football. As far as um, as far as Wrexham were concerned last night, um, look, it, it's a good yardstick for them. You, you talk about, you know, we went out again. Sorry, you went out against Villa. We went out against Newcastle in the FA Cup. And we're using that as a kind of a measuring stick as to kind of go, right, that's how far away we are from it right now. Obviously, you've got an even harsher lesson dealt with the the, the 6-1 of Chelsea, and that's what can happen. That's that's no slight on you guys, because that could have quite easily been Sunderland, it could have quite easily been Leeds, it could have even been Leicester. So, you know, on, on their day, top Premier League sides can do that to a championship side. The, the thing for Wrexham now is the down in League Two. Obviously, you know they got promoted. Was it a, a season ago? Now they're kind of holding their own in that league. They're not doing badly at all. They, they, they've got the, the superstar investors as well. Who, to be fair, are actually doing a good job of running that club. The, when, mm-hmm. when you see the way they have a genuine love and a genuine empathy for the for the town, and they're investing wisely in playing squad and you know. All right, Sunderland fans have got no love lost with Phil Parkinson, but he's doing a job there and he's he's getting by. They they're now got to look at that game and they've got to use that as okay. Well, well, that's how far away we are from Championship standard. We've got to kick on, get the League One, and it's just a learning curve for them. Fifteen years outside of the league, 
starting to get back into the swing of things again that I don't think they did themselves any discredit. They took it to that, you know, took it to that next replay anyway. So, you know, credit to them, but credit to Blackburn and, and certainly Smodics, like you say, mate. It's uh, If they hold on to them this season, I think they're doing all right. No, I agree. Blackburn were eager not to uh, become a plot line in the future. Welcome to Wrexham episodes there, Daz. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Blackburn now host our uh, very own Northeast team in Newcastle United at Ewood Park in the next round. Do you think Blackburn have got any chance to get past uh, Newcastle from what you've seen of them this season? I've got to say no. Um, I mean, they've, they've, they've been up and down, haven't they? They're, you know, they're, they're, sometimes they're, they can be tough to beat and, you know, they, they park the bus. Um, you know, a few nil-nils in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. As, as much as, as, as they overpowered Wrexham last night, and I, I saw most of the game... Uh, you know they 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 pretty much uh, once uh, Wrexham had scored, you know Blackburn came back into it um, and they dominated. Um, yeah, I, I think a full strength Newcastle, which which is what he'll put out. Um, no, I can't see him getting past uh, the Geordies on that on this one. Um, I think it would have been interesting. Um, all the uh, press around uh, Newcastle Wrexham, I think that would have been. Uh, um, it would have been big, yeah, wouldn't it? It would have been, but. No, I mean, and, and Newcastle have, have had Blackburn quite a few times over the years in uh, yeah, have, in yeah. the FA Cup. Uh, I think Steve mentioned that the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I think uh, I, I think it's going to be an easy pass, um, a relatively easy pass for Newcastle mm. in the next round. Well, it's a good chance for obviously Newcastle to progress further into the FA Cup. Obviously, they dropped out of Champions League. They also dropped out of the Carabao Cup, but everyone was thinking or expecting Newcastle to be pushing for some sort of silverware this season, especially after the season they had last year. So FA Cup and the only team remaining in it from the Northeast as well. So can they do it not only for themselves, but obviously uh, for the Northeast, can they go on a bit of a cup run? You would hope uh, they've got, you know, when they get their full team back from injuries that they uh, they can obviously easily, easily get past Blackburn and then await whoever comes in the next round after that. But uh, FA Cup can always... Uh, can always have a bit, you know, it can throw up a few curveballs, can it? And that's, but, that's, uh, that's what's fab about the FA Cup, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and we've yeah. seen it this weekend. Maidstone. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a result that was. Uh, I mean, Ipswich, who've, who've, you know, we know they've had a little bit of a dip recently, oh. but what a season <laughs> they've had. Um, <laughs> and who would have thought 30 odd, was it 38? Uh, shots on goal and, and only one. Yeah. Um, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. sounds like some sort of. That's what you love it's about incredible, it. isn't that's it? That's what that you love stat. about the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. That's what throws it up, doesn't it? It's just incredible that you can yeah. get a team like Ipswich, who are second in the championship, you know what I mean, coming up against a, you know, a, a team like that. And, and, and yeah, like you said, Daz, having 38 shots, you know, none of them. Uh, even registering, you know, and it's just, you know, that's what happens. It, the, the FA Cup can throw that up for us, so it's incredible. So, yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting to see, um, you know, who who can uh, who can go on a bit of a run in the FA Cup and who from these lower leagues, and it gives them a bit of a you know nice little payday, especially if they get a you know pull a Newcastle United or something like that as well. But just to confirm there, what Daz was talking about, Ipswich Town obviously lost to Maidstone United. Uh, the stats read thirty eight shots to two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Mason scored of those both shots. of those. Yeah, and Mason's got yeah, exactly. Deadly. And Mason got two Absolutely goals. <laughs> they had two shots, two shots on target, two goals. Ipswich yeah. had thirty-eight shots, thirteen on target, one goal. So you can just see. Did, it did sounds you see like a George Ellicott's chat with the fans as well, Ray? 
Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Absolutely. That was really cool. I mean, that was brilliant, that. I absolutely yeah. love to see that. That was that was unashamed enthusiasm for a non-league club. It was just... Yeah. It was lovely to see. And uh, I did see... I mean, obviously, Ella Corby was a cracking player in his time as well, by yeah, the way. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, he was. Obviously doing all right, cutting his teeth in management as well. Well, I actually saw that uh, the other one that took my eye this weekend was Eric Tan Hag, who gifted new poet boss Graham Coughlin a 200-pound bottle of wine recommended by Very Sir nice. Alex Ferguson after the Man United's wow. FA Cup win. Uh, and uh, I'd love if you have a look, if you can catch it on social media, but you can see Ten Hag when gave, gave a nice bottle of red to the uh, to the Newport boss. And he, you, know, you know what his response was, Teddy Boy? I actually prefer oh. Budweiser. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. Heathen. So, who prefers Budweiser? Do you? <laughs> Take dishwater. Imagine saying that. Imagine getting a two two hundred pound bottle of wine given to you. And you go, nah, but you got any beer? <laughs> Sounds like an Aussie thing to say that. But uh, it, uh, yeah, well done to Newport, who uh, who unfortunately did push Man United, oh, uh, but no. couldn't get through. I was, I was, but my when, goodness, when they got back to two two, and it was like, oh come on, Newport. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Tell you what, Anthony, he's got a. He's, oh, he is off it, isn't he? He is what? Yeah, yeah. he's got a long way to go uh, to, yeah. to do anything. He's. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going on there, but he's he's very very well off it. Yeah. He's a legend in his own mind. I think he's one of those. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's got the ability. I, I, I think there's there's no doubt about that. He's got the ability to, a re, to be a really really top player in the Premier League, but. It, it just seems to be uncontrollable. It, it, it's, it's all about the stepovers. It's, it's almost like he thinks he's playing FIFA. It, it's just like, yeah. do you know what I mean? He's just mm. like, it, just stop spinning the right analog stick and, and you know, pressing R1. <laughs> and, and stop doing your tricks and just crack on with the game. You know, there's, <laughs> there is ability there. The frustrating thing is he's got pace. Yes, he has got a trick, but just use that to get past the man and get on yeah, with it. Exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. You know, no, not wrong. Give, give your teammates an end product. He's frustrating to watch for me. Yeah, not wrong. Well, lads, we've got to uh, move on, but the FA Cup has uh, has thrown up, obviously, Blackburn Rovers. If you just join us, uh, we'll be playing Newcastle United at Ewood Park uh, for Steve Race. Uh, next game in the FA Cup, can they get some silver? We will talk to Steve uh, later in the week when he's back on about that uh, about that fixture and how he thinks, but we all of us here thinking Newcastle should be able to get past that. But speaking of Newcastle, there is a game tonight, lads. Newcastle return to the Premier League mm. versus Aston Villa. Mm. Uh, we're gonna we're not getting any predictions off here, but we are gonna quickly talk about it because uh, I'm gonna try and do my best here to give them some credit, even though it'd normally be uh, a Steve Ray thing. But uh, Aston Villa will be hosting Newcastle tonight. Uh, it'll be a very very big game as Aston Villa obviously looking to bounce back. Uh, in the Premier League as well, after they're having sitting fourth now uh, in the Premier League, sliding down from second, you would think Liverpool, Man City are starting to make that f- sort of end of season charge, but they are still equal on points. Uh, Aston Villa second in the thing, Ch- uh, Newcastle obviously sitting down in tenth. They've just broken a run of four losing games in the Premier League to win their last as well. So it's going to be a tough game here for Newcastle. I'm not expecting a walk in the park uh, from either team. I think it's going to be one of those sort of break them down if they can sort of situations. Neither team will be uh, will be sporting any new players. Morgan Rogers obviously hasn't signed for them yet, Daz, in Aston Villa. Newcastle oh. haven't been able to make any signings due to FFP. 
Villa are unbeaten in their last six Premier League home games as well against Newcastle, which have, they've won the last four in a row, uh, keeping a clean sheet each time, which is one four drawn two. They last last they last lost a home game against Newcastle in September of 2013. So there you go. There's a bit of formidable stat for you as well. Mm. And following the 5-1 win against him on the opening weekend, Newcastle looking to complete the Premier League double over Aston Villa for the first time since 2013-2014. I'll start with you, Dazzy. Mm. Can Newcastle get a result tonight against Aston Villa uh, away from home? I think this is going to be a really tasty game. Um, I, I think the Jotties, you know, they've, they've had a pretty much dreadful run, haven't they, in the league of late. Um, you know, if, um, but I can I, I don't know I can just see them them going down there and getting something tonight and it being a really tight game I mean Villa love to play don't they uh, they love they to come out um, and play uh, and so do the Geordies so um, yeah I think I think it's going to be a really really tasty one um, I, I know there's there's been a bit of a cloud hasn't there over uh, Newcastle yes. over over the last couple yeah. of weeks particularly Agreed. about FFP um, you know the the whole transfer rumours, and you can see Eddie Howe's frustration in that. Um, I think he was interviewed after the game at the weekend, um, and you can you can see it in his eyes every time they ask him, and it's like yeah, uh, he sort of rolls them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you can you can see there's a lot of frustration. I think there was a stat that came out yesterday was something like they're losing two hundred grand a week or something like that uh, at the Jeez. moment. Um, you know, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, seventy odd million a year that that equates to. You know, if that's if that's the 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 case. So we know the stuff going on in the background there. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that 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 cloud is is hanging over the team. Um, but I, you know, I think I think they're, they're waiting to come good. I think um, Newcastle. I think they're. Um, I think they're due one, and I, and I just feel that tonight it's going to be a really open game. You know, two attacking sides, uh, two creative sides on their day. Um, I think it's going to be a really tasty one, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. It's going to be interesting for me to see how Newcastle can bounce back. Obviously, still trying to push for that sort of European spot in uh, our Newcastle Teddy Boy. They've obviously dropped off of late, but Villa are going to be a very, very tough test. But the type of team that they need to beat away from home if they're going to have any chance of uh, pushing for that Europe spot this season. I, I agree, mate. Um, I, th I think this is a very different uh, Villa side than what they faced on the opening weekend. Yes. Obviously, Newcastle won 5 1 in that one. It was, yes. uh, it, was, it was a big, big win. And obviously, you yeah. know, the, the, they'll want to do the double over them. That'll, that'll kind of. Give them reinvigorate a bit of confidence in the squad after what it has been very poor form in the Premier League. There's there's no getting away from that. Um, so yeah, it's it, look, it's going to be a tough one. I, I agree with Daz. I think tasty is the right word to use for this. It, it's going mm. to be a good game to watch for for the neutral. Uh, obviously, I'm not that neutral. I'm, I'll be I'll be cheering on Villa. But listen, Villa have surprised everyone this season. They've they've just gone about their business. They've, they've hit this little rough patch of form right now where they're a little bit up and down. Like it's two draws, one win, and uh, in a, in a defeat in the last four. Um, so it, it's a bit iffy, um, but I think I can see them getting back on on, a, on on the winning ways again. I do fancy Villa. I mean, if you look at the the, the win probabilities, if you're looking at a 52% chance for Villa win, 23% mm -hmm. chance for the draw, 25% chance mm -hmm. for Newcastle win. I just don't think because of the yeah Newcastle are getting people back in the squad from injury. 
Um, that's important for them. Yes, absolutely. I just, I just see Villa's lineup being that much stronger at this moment in time. Um, how the finish of the season has got is all going to depend on probably the next sort of what forty hours or so uh, that, that's left mm-hmm. of the transfer window. Yep. That's that's going to be interesting to see if Newcastle can bring anyone in. If Villa do bring in some recruits, and obviously Rodgers is, is one of them that's being touted, I don't think Rodgers would get straight in that lineup. I think it's just a bolster mm. the squad a little bit and give them another no. option. Um, but I think Villa are genuinely maybe about four or five signings, maybe not this season, obviously, but four or five signings away from, from being a, a regular fixture in that top six. I, mm. I'm really, really impressed with that. I think they've got a fantastic coach. I mean, the, yeah, he, he didn't get the yeah. rub of the green at Arsenal, and I, I think yeah. he was maybe just got rid of a little too early. Um, there was a lot of mess to sort out at Arsenal. Things had been allowed to go stale after Wenger, um, and I, I think he was dreadfully unlucky not to be there a bit longer than what he was. Um, but I think Villa, you, you know, you forget that Villa are a big, big club, man. They are a seriously big club. Um, I think they've got the good manager. I think they're getting backed in the transfer market. They're making shrewd signings. They're not just going out and spending big money for the sake of it. They're making signings that, that improve the squad. The, the, you know, bringing in players that are better than they've already got. It's not signing for the signing's sake. So I, I honestly think that, that, that Villa probably look the stronger tonight. Um, however, you never know which Newcastle's going to turn up. So yeah, that's, I'll, be, I'll be eagerly tuning in to watch this one without a doubt. Hmm. No, I agree. Well, we're getting the lads' predictions later in the show for that one, but it is time for your sports headlines, your news break, as we reach 7.30 a.m. here on the Northeast Breaking Show. We'll be right back after this with lots more to talk about. Together across the Northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Good morning. It is Good the Northeast Footy Brecky. That sultry voice it of is. yours. Oh. <laughs> and you can get like a cup velvet, of coffee. It is in my ears. <laughs> I was just about to say, you can get in touch with the North East Footy Breakfast uh, via the WhatsApp, 033-043-2002. Uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning. If you've got anything to say, any predictions uh, for the uh, the Geordie game tonight or anything else about the transfer window or anything else to do with um, our big three or anything to do with North East Footy or if you just want to come on and say hello. Yeah, we, we're, we're nice people. Um, yeah. D- despite yeah, despite what uh, others say, um, <laughs> yeah, audible three or all four three two thousand and two. That's our WhatsApp, and you're very welcome to come and join the Northeast Footy Breakfast this morning. Absolutely, didn't you have love some it. audience participation? Does? Uh, oh no, I didn't. Hey, what? Sorry. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry you about have the bus. Audience I participation. Uh, this morning, we had some uh, some National Trust footballers. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's well. All right, right. All right. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, me- I'll mention it now. It's a really good idea. It's the pro, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, uh, on my show, Dave, you're wasting that two hundred and fifty grand a year on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, moving on. So no, the um, on my show, uh, quite often we yes. do a thing called a chattergery. Which is very yes. Alan Partridge, isn't it? It's a, it's, I love a it. it's a category to have a chat about. And basically, we we put out a theme, and our wonderful audience uh, come up with lots of great ideas, and then you know smash all the ideas I have and make us laugh uh, <laughs> all morning because uh, they're brilliant. So what I thought is because I brought name that theme 
onto the breakfast show while I was on. I thought, you know, is there anything else that we can bring? So I, I came up with a, a chat degree just for us chaps, right? Just for the Northeast Footy Breakfast. Um, just a silly one. Can we make a team that would fit in at National Trust Properties? Okay, right? Sounds weird, right? <laughs> okay. So, okay. Yep. so my, the first one that I instantly came to mind was uh, <laughs> Keenan Dewsbury Hall. Right, he sounds as though he's at <laughs> National Trust property. Home. Yeah, been there a few times. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other one I thought of was the uh, Olympiakos striker Nelson Abbey. <laughs> he, he would fit right like in there. One. Yeah, like that one. And uh, the Spurs forward Juicing Park. So um, have we got uh, <laughs> any more? I'm putting this out there to uh, to you guys and to our wider crowd as well. Yes. Um, can you come up with any footballers? Whose names sound as though they could be involved in the National Trust? Oh double three or oh four three two thousand and two. I'm sure you can do better than. Well, can you do better than uh, Keenan Dewsbury Hall? Because I think that's a really good one. Um, Nelson, <laughs> Nelson Abbey and G Sung Park. Oh, Ted, are you? Have you, you got one already? Have I got one already? You talked about this last night. I've got nine. Oh <laughs> honestly, my God. I literally sat there going, oh my honestly, God. I was sitting there laughing at myself. Mrs. <laughs> no, Ted's no. just going like, really? Yeah, she just wants out. Um, so basically, I was I was driving through um, the Brian Dean. Um, just over Clinton Hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been on holiday in Scotland. I, I stayed in uh, Glen Johnson, which is oh, which is lovely. A, um, a lovely. That's a lovely national um, trust property, and, and Glen I was, Johnson. I, I was thinking about the. Uh, I was thinking about an advert I'd seen for Natloft House, um, which, was, uh, <laughs> which apparently has got great reviews. It's a. Uh, I think it's 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 on the opposite side of the estate to Manor Solomon. Uh, the, oh, very very good. Not to be confused with Lewis Hall of course oh, yes. that's, that's actually that's <laughs> yes, over by course. Adrian Heath which is just over the other <laughs> oh, side of uh, it right next to he's Craig Forrest you know where Craig Forrest is it's right next to David Raw Castle <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! And that's all I had for you. Oh, that well is done. lovely, well lovely, Teddy boy. Um, yeah, well done. You, can you do better than that? Oh, double three or oh, oh, four three two thousand and two footballers whose names sound as though they belong in the National Trust. I, I thought um, as you were travelling around the country, you might uh, stop at that lovely uh, National Trust property, Mason Mount. It's uh, it's lovely. Oh. It's up on the hill. Um, it's uh, it's it's very nice up there. It's like an adult film. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Moving right on. Yeah, the thing I came cool. up with, by the way, was was Simon Church. That's all I had. Simon uh, Church. Yeah. Was, yeah. He's, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not bad. That's all That's I came bad. up with. I, I, I was I was trying to think of others, but I, you know, when you, when it comes to like the, the funny names, you know what I mean. Uh, like uh, Danny Drinkwater, still for me. Any man, any time that man drinks anything other than water, I just laugh. Uh, it, it, there's there's heaps of more. There's heaps more out there. But uh, in terms of yeah, if you can get in touch with us on the Northeast Preview Show and come up with yours, because you got to be cleverer than Ted, because that was very well done by our, by our yeah, resident well Macam. That's. Yeah, he even put it into a little bit of a spiel. Very proud of him. <laughs> right, let's move right on. Uh, and we'll talk, uh, obviously, it has just gone past uh, 7.30 a.m. Good morning. Welcome to the Northeast Breakfast Show. We were talking just before the break about Newcastle v. Aston Villa uh, and obviously getting the lads' thoughts about how that game's going to go down. A tasty affair 
was the all-around consensus on that one. We will be obviously getting the lads' predictions later on. We also spoke about Blackburn getting up over uh, Wrexham overnight as well. That'll be Newcastle's next opponents. But we've got to talk, lads. We spoke a little bit about it yesterday, but Liverpool... Everybody wants out of Liverpool. Can you believe it? Liverpool, the dream is over. I'm sorry. If you're a Liverpoolian, if you're a uh, if you're someone who's a, a, a cloppy, I don't know what you call yourselves, but uh, if, you're, if you're a big fan, then we're going to talk about you. Klopp, uh, now this is going to this is going to test me, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to, listen to the pronunciation of this. This is their sporting director who's also decided to leave. George Schmatke. All right. And I'll be, I'll be I, I, I was that was that right? No. Okay. Okay. George Schmatke. How's my pronunciation, Ted? How? Can't see it. It's a family show. Um, how are we spelling that? It's J O R G, but there's two dots above the O, and then his last yeah. name is S C H M A D T K E. Thank York you. Schmack there we Schmacker. go. That's what I said. That's what I said. All right. Uh, bless you, by the way. And now Van Dyke has also said he's unsure whether I'm he'll stay with that right. club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teddy boy, let's start with you. Liverpool, everybody's leaving. Jurgen Klopp comes out and the whole world melts down. We saw it like it was someone had passed away at the Liverpool game on the weekend. Such was the, the, the sadness. We see their sporting director also now saying that he's leaving. And then Van Dyke in an interview said he's unsure whether he'll stay. And obviously Salah, Salah who was linked just before the start of this season with a move to Saudi Arabia in a $200 million pound move. Uh, it's incredible to see because you'd think he would go now as well with no Jurgen Klopp there. So Klopp, Van Dyke, sporting director, uh, Salah, is Liverpool, is it the end of an era? Is it, Have they got every right to feel absolutely bewildered at the moment, Liverpool? Firstly, social media was an absolute embarrassment over the weekend, <laughs> the way that the Scousers were going on. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was almost like they were having it was like someone died, vigils. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, yeah. it was pathetic. It really was. I mean, some of the posts, I was reading some stuff where like kids were being collected from school early, you know, just, just because I literally read this. One parent wanted to go and get his little lad out of school just in case he heard the news from someone else. What? Oh it's just like, I mean, God. come on, get a grip. Really, it, it, was an, it was an absolute embarrassment. It was toe-curlingly awkward to watch. But anyway, um, moving on, Liverpool, yeah, they're screwed. Absolutely. Um, I, I, this is an end of an era for them. I, I think certainly, I mean, Alonso is doing all right where he is right now. There's no guarantees he's going to get the job, by the way. Because he's he's onto a good thing there. I, I would imagine it's a lot less pressure in the Bundesliga than what he would be in the absolute searing spotlight that would be the Liverpool's top seat. Um, mm -hmm. However, you know he might want to test himself, and and that is going to be one of the biggest tests in football management. But like you say, Van Dijk. All right, if Van Dijk wants out, he wants out. I saw the first leg against Fulham where he was struggling against a thirty-five-year-old Willian. Yeah. And this Van Dyke isn't the player he was. I don't know how old he is now, actually. Um, but you know, he's he's cracking on. He ain't going to be around forever. So I think Klopp's Klopp's pulled a Fergie. Klopp's looking mm -hmm. at that squad, going, 
Salah, all right, he's, he's playing well, he's in form, he might want to waste soon, he might want one big payday before he, he starts getting, you know, a, that little bit older and incapable of playing mm-hmm. at the absolute top level in the Premier League. Van Dijk, you can throw him into that category as well. And you're looking around the team and, yeah, there's some promising, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, is possibly one of the most overrated footballers I've seen. Um, <laughs> I, 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 he's good. Don't get me wrong. It's like he's he's, he's slightly better than me, um, you know, by by a little margin. But I still don't get all the hype. I don't see it. I, I really don't. Mm. I think as a as a right back, I don't think he can defend. Um, as a central midfielder, he's kind of it's it's that old adage about square pegs and round holes. Looking yep. around that team, I'm just Nunes. He's hit and miss. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's prolific enough. I don't think he's consistent enough. Um, and what you've got on the wings just isn't a replacement for the likes of Mane. Um, it's it's not good enough. It's not up to the standard that they were. He's getting a tune out of them right now. But I think I think that is literally the Klopp effect. I think you'll see a push from Liverpool towards the end of the season because obviously he has announced. You know, he's he's going to leave. I think that will inspire them on to, to give them everything he's got. I don't think they'll win the Premier League, but I think they'll win the FA Cup at least. Um, and yeah, I, I just can't see them. I think they'll do a Man United. I think it'll take them a long time to get over this. And I think it'll take them a long time to rebuild under probably another two or three managers um, before they get some stability. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible turnaround to see. Obviously, they've got Carabao Cup. Uh, still to come Liverpool you would think obviously push for an FA Cup maybe the Premier League they could get it all done in what now is Klopp's last season with everybody leaving you think it's a bit of a swan song now for them Daz I mean obviously they've still got the chance to get you know pretty much you know as much silverware as they can in Carabao Cup FA Cup and Premier League obviously they're right up there as well at the, at the tail and where you'd want to be uh sorry at the pointy end uh is it is it something that you know we need to have highlighted so much with as Ted was saying on social media I mean it was like he passed away yeah yeah yeah. it was it was really interesting to watch uh, as Ted said uh, the reactions to it it it, it was um, very over the top Uh, one of the memes that that sort of kept cropping up on my time feed was after nine years and four trophies I've run out of energy and there's Alex Ferguson after 27 years and 38 trophies (laughs) I I was all right Um, Um, so I think that that put things in perspective a little bit about um, uh, you know what they have achieved uh, and yeah I mean it is without doubt the job that he's gone in there and done you know he won the league uh, cups uh, you know he's 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 gone in and and and, and totally tore that club up um, and turned it into a, a modern day club moving forward. Um, I, I agree with Ted. I think you know it was quite interesting. Uh, Van Dyke coming out, you know, he's thirty-two. Uh, Salah's thirty-one. Those players yeah. are going to move on anyway, and yeah. and, and I, I think particularly Van Dyke. I think he's took that as an opportunity of going, "Hello, I'm I'm still here," you know, um, and I'm <laughs> I'm looking for my one last contract. That wasn't a Dutch accent, by the way. I wasn't trying to do. I don't even know what that voice was, um, but. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm not even going to do the Steve McLaren Dutch. No. Um, uh, the, <laughs> yes. Um, 
um, so I, I, I think I think that was a nice bit of uh, PR from Van Dyke to come out and go, yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm moving on too. Um, yeah, you know, I, and and I think Salah will go. I know. What am I doing? What am I doing? Stop! Right? Stop trying to do the voices. Um, are they the ones in your head? Yeah, probably, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so you know, and I think others, others will follow. I think there will be some yeah. others that they will follow as well. But uh, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting who they, who they come in, and, and I I can see them doing United as well. That it, maybe it won't be the next manager or the next one. It might be the next one that actually settles and starts to bring things in, um, mm. you know, and starts to have some stability at the club. Um, I mean, time will tell. I, you know, the Scousers won't won't allow. You know they, they've got pretty. You know they're not very patient, um, so no. you know they won't allow uh, uh, <laughs> David Moyes to come in. Uh, David Moyes, I <laughs> <laughs> figure. Oh, that would be interesting. That wouldn't it? Would yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Right. Moyes for uh, for Liverpool. I'm I'm up for that. No, but they they won't allow you know someone to come in. And, and the Alonso thing, you know that that's an interesting one because. You know, he's, he seems to be doing all right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Gerard wasn't uh, very happy that he hasn't had a phone call nope. um, uh, on that. He's so not going to get one, is he? No, surely not. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's, it's, he, he can't. And, and I, God you know, no. as much as he was a legend there, I, I don't, I don't think they would want him right now. I mean, nah. he's, he's proved nah. nothing um, of what he's done in his managerial career. Um, yeah. And the whole move to Saudi thing, I think, will will sour. Um, a lot of people's opinions about him at, at the moment, but yeah, I, I, I mean, who who do we think could step into that? Um, well, you know, there's, there's you, a few out there. There's I mean, a few out there. Just to go off this as well, just to, yeah. to interrupt, I apologise. I mean, Xavier Alonso for me, <laughs> and I'll get, I'll get. Uh, he's he's like the shoe in for me. I think he's the best ex Liverpool player that's out there that can be coached. But you've also got uh, you got Daniel Agger, who uh, Dirk Coit as well. He's obviously managing yeah. uh, Den Haag as well. Uh, you've got John Arne Arisse, remember him? The obviously yeah, yeah. the left back. He's a he's a coach now. Paul Ince. I remember when people pronounced uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I you know what I mean? Paul Ince is, is out there. So you know, there's no. there's a few they could turn to. Um, you know, Paul Conchesti, uh, Koncheski, I apologise, who's in charge of West Ham Women. Uh, Rigobert Song, everyone remember him? He's obviously the head coach at Cameroon. You know, so there's Mascherano as well, Argentina under 20, so who's, who's cutting his strength in, in coaching. So there's a long list of ex-Liverpool. Is Alonso the given? I mean, if you if you had to pick someone, and, and not that you know, not that it cares, Dazzy boy, not that you know, it worries you, or you know, you're going to lose sleep. But if you if you're sitting in the, the I've just made you the head chief uh, at Liverpool, and they've we've just said, righto, you pick the next gaffer. Who's your choice? <sighs> That's a that is a tough one. Um... I don't know. I mean, none of those names that you've just mentioned. I mean, Alonso. Um, all right, you know, he's had some experience there. Uh, yeah. I, I think maybe they should go for someone like Michael Beale. Um, you know, it's it's apparently he's going to hey, be out of work off. soon. Hands off. He's going to be out of work soon. <laughs> oh, you've changed your tune, Teddy boy. Hands yeah. off. I've been sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a decent win. They talk about bringing Ahmad back and, you know, everything changes. If, if you See, think the signing Ahmed. of Ahmad and getting a striker in is going to change my mind about Sunderland Football Club, you're absolutely you right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I'll tell you, you what. You're 100% correct. Your friend Charlie has just been on the uh, on the WhatsApp there and said, I've just tuned oh, in. God. And do you have a Dutchman on the programme today? <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky, oh, it yes. just sounds like he's been to Amsterdam. Yes, absolutely love it. And our friend uh, uh, was also Barry has also been in touch. Uh, Buzz. Um, uh, this is what's wrong with uh, football so media oriented. Who cares if the scousers are falling apart? Um, yep. They all laugh at the smaller clubs anyway. Um, he also asks, "What have we done with Steve this morning? Is he locked away?" We have. Uh, we've, we've put him in the. We've put him. We've locked him to the radiator this morning. We said we've had enough of your sensibility. We want to take over for a bit and just have a bit of a bit of fun. Uh, you know, he like he just passes on the games and you know it's just a bit too serious sometimes. Old C Wraith. So we just you know we've got to we've got to lighten it up a bit sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's just in London. He's working. Um, and uh, Barry also says the next Scouse box boss should be Victor Meldrew because he whinges all the time as well. Um, well that's, thank that's you for that, Baz. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Can you get a name? Can you give me a name? Okay, is it too tough? Yeah, I don't, other than other than Alonso. Yeah, other than Alonso, I don't know. Um, I re- you, Teddy boy, would you say Alonso? You see, I, I mentioned somebody. Obviously, we, we talked about Ten Hag a little while back, and and I don't think he'll be there after the summer. I, I yeah. honestly think Ten Hag will be replaced. And the person that I said to replace him would have been Zidane. Yeah. And interestingly, Zidane is at 14 to 1 for the Liverpool job. Now, Ooh. he's slightly longer odds. Unai Emery is at 12 to 1, which is quite a surprising one. Same as, uh, same as Big Ange. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. It, it could be that Liverpool return to form and actually promote from within. So, obviously, they've got Pep Lind- uh, Linders, who's, who's worked closely with the squad anyway. He, it could be that he gets a promotion to, to, to first team coach and given the head mm. coach job mm. at Liverpool always used to it was the old boot room wasn't it Daz the, you know the, the, that's yeah, yeah. where they got their next manager from you know you basically started as kit man and, and, and kind of did your time and, and served as your apprenticeship and, <laughs> and basically got all the way through and that, I think it was only when they got Jared Houllier where they stopped doing that um, so but don't don't discount Pep Linders as um as as the replacement. But as an outside shout, Liverpool have still got the name that could attract somebody like Zidane. Mm-hmm. Can I throw a curveball to you, lads? That one that oh, we've no, constantly about spoken about. Well. The the one that we've spoken about since the start of the season that's been out of work uh, and that we think is linked with the England job. Could it interest a man like Graham Potter, Potter. to come back in? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, more chance of getting Harry Potter. <laughs> he's, he's not for Liverpool. No, not, not a Liverpool to, fit. Chelsea was too big a club for him. No, mm. no I, th- I think As? I think Graham Potter's very overrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Potter to be honest, but then I'm thinking, you know, he needs he needs a, a big club now, doesn't he? He needs a, yeah, he a, does. a big challenge next, and that that would be a big challenge yeah. for him. You know, d- d- was the Chelsea job too much for him? You know that, that's that's the the, the question. It, um, you know, did that prove that maybe he was lacking a little bit? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, mm-hmm. may, maybe Liverpool isn't. You know, I mean, one of the one of the names that that and uh, he, he was talked about over the weekend was David Wagner, um, mm-hmm. the Norwich boss. 
you know, yep. closely worked under Klopp. You know, was Klopp's best mate. It was yep. his best man, wasn't he? At his wedding, he, um, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen was him. He's in, number two at Borussia Dortmund. He may well have been. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he's, 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 his record has been all right. He hasn't set the world alight. Um, no. But you know. Uh, you know, it, would would Klopp have a, a say in the handover? Um, you, you would think, think so, right? Um, you would think so. Yeah. Much like Ferguson did. You yeah. would think so. One name that I've seen mentioned recently is Roberto De Zerbi, obviously the coach currently at Brighton. And here's a little mm. scenario for you lads that I just want to put out there on on record. So if it does happen, you can you can credit my geniusness uh, like you most have to do most Mondays. Uh, the, all the irony. Uh, Roberto <laughs> De Zerbi leaves Brighton. Goes to Liverpool, right? Italian coach, right? They want someone fierce. They want someone hungry, young. Maybe yeah. he's a good coach, right? Then Potter comes back to Brighton in a return Ooh. to glory, sort of like a return home sort of thing. Uh, obviously still in the Premier League, a team that he, you know, brought up to the Premier League, you would argue. So there you go. There's this little scenario hey, that's man, playing that's out not, in my head. That's not a bad who is that's a young bad. Italian coach, obviously uh, hungry for success. Uh, I think Liverpool... Would be, uh, you know, would would have to have a look at some of the other Premier League managers whether they can they can get them. Brighton are right up there. They're well coached under De Zerbi. Maybe they can they lure him, get a bit of an Italian flair, then Potter returns back to Brighton. I'm telling you, it's just something that's playing that's out in my head. Shot, yeah, that's playing out in my head. Well, we're four minutes till eight a.m. here. We're coming up closely to the news headlines, but before we do, we just got to quickly talk about Marcus Rashford. Oh my goodness, Man United. I'm going to give you only four minutes of headlines here because we're just honestly just tired of talking about the issues you have internally there. Uh, Marcus Rashford obviously missed the weekend due to illness and I'm I'm doing air quotes. I know it's radio, but you can't see it. I've got my fingers up doing the bunny ears because uh, the night before Marcus Rashford, Teddy Boy, was seen in a nightclub partying, drinking till the early AMs uh, and then obviously wasn't able to report for football that weekend. When questioned about it, Ten Hag said it is an eternal issue. Uh, he will not be res- responding to any questions about it but again well, the only it one just, doing an accent today. It, it just <laughs> it just smells it just smells of, of further further uh, incredible issues at Man United after the uh, uh, obviously coming after Jaden Sancho yeah it's I like Rashford as a, as a player and I think he's got bags of ability but I, I also feel for Ten Hag in this situation because Rashford's off the rails he really is. Um, there's no question what this kid does in in his spare time in terms of what he's done in the UK to, to you know, highlight the need for support for, for underprivileged families and things like that. He's, he's done his charity work very admirably and I don't think anybody will ever take that away from him. But he also needs to remember that he's a professional footballer with, with commitments. And this whole thing of like, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why they do this. They've, they've got an off-season to, to go out and like have their little blowout and all that kind of thing, but not too much, because yeah. obviously they've, they've got to report back for pre-season training. <laughs> Do you blow out then? But right now, I mean, he's in the, what should be the prime of his career, and, and, you know, as an England player, as a Man United player, why can't these people take their jobs seriously? And, and, and <laughs> just be there and, and do what's required of them, which they are being paid extortionate amounts of money to do. I just don't yeah. understand his thought process. The the kid is off the rails. He, he needs somebody 
in authority or, you know, whether it's a senior, a more senior player or a former player, you know, like a Rio Ferdinand, to have a mm. word with them and say, what are you playing at? This career lasts, you know, maybe 15 years tops, as you know, once you get into senior level football, 15 yeah. to 20 at the absolute maximum. This this kid is kind of, he's, he's going to ruin what could be a fantastic career. By just it is. not not applying himself properly. Yeah, it is. And, and I, it I is feel scary. for Ten Hag, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I saw yeah. the interview, and I know obviously you were saying it's an internal issue, and yeah. he's being pressed on it. You can see the frustration in the guy's face. This guy's trying to mm. cling on to his job, and is I I don't doubt that Ten Hag is a, is a, a very very good coach. You don't get yeah. a Man United job without being a top coach. That there's there's no way. But he's not he's not being given the tools, or he's not got the tools available to do the job to the full effect because Rashford's been an absolute idiot by going and spending his time, you know, partying and clubbing in, in, in foreign lands and thinking he's some sort of movie star. Grow up. There's, Grow there's up no respect the there for Ten Hag for 100 for me. No, I completely agree with you. And that's a and, and, if, and I, if I disrespect former, my boss, mate, I get the oh, same. You're out. You're exactly. Yeah. I mean, former Blackburn striker Chris Sutton said uh, on Monday night that Rashford hasn't helped himself. He said he thinks Ten Hag... Um, will obviously go before Rashford would, but it can't go on. Something has to give. He's shown he has no respect for Ten Hag or his teammates, and he thinks it's appalling. Uh, Leicester City defender Connor Cody, who has played with Rashford for England, said seeing this, seeing him like this just doesn't fit. It doesn't seem right to me. Uh, to me. Uh, I know him very, very well, and there's something there that we just don't know about. I'm sure of it. So something's still happening behind the scenes at United. Rashford unhappy. It's an internal matter again, but oh, I tell you what, something's got to give it Man United very quickly to see all these players with yeah. these internal issues, the, you know, the performances on the pitch and stuff like that. There, Something's going to break sooner or later, and it's going to be interesting to see who it was. But it's time for your news headlines. We'll play a quick song as well. We'll be right back with that and a lot more on the Northeast Breakfast Show coming up right after your news headlines. The wonderful Hot House Flowers on the Northeast Footy Breakfast this morning. Good morning, six minutes past eight, uh, right across the Northeast. Good morning, how are you doing? We're joined by uh, Ted and Rye this morning. Good morning, gents. Woohoo! Good, Good morning, morning, everybody. Uh, if you're tuned in expecting a Geordie, uh, then yeah, that's normally the case. Locked him up. <laughs> um, yeah, what is this thing about whenever one of us is non? Someone <laughs> said, oh, he's, he's chained to a radiator or he's locked to so, Ted somewhere. Ted started it. I, I'm Ted not allowed it to with his headlines anymore. No, exactly. Yes, we're not. Um, so, yeah, Steve cannot make it this morning. He's busy down no. in the big smoke um, uh, working, apparently. Uh, so, yeah. so, um, 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 but we've had him in spirit. He sent us a poem this morning, which was really lovely. Um, and, and maybe we'll we'll share that with uh, with our listener later on. Um, uh, we've also been asking you for this morning if you can send us in uh, any footballers that would fit in really well with a National Trust property. Uh, we had a few of these, didn't we? We had uh, Keenan Drewsbury Hall, um, yep. Nelson Abbey, um, <laughs> Jisung Park. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, uh, you might have visited uh, the Mason Mount, which is a lovely National Trust home yes. as well. Or uh, Natloft House. At, uh, you had a, quite a few there, didn't you, Ted? Absolute belters. What did, give us some of yours. Um, well, uh, was, uh, like I say, it was, it was just while I was driving through Brian Dean um, that, that I came up with a few of them. It was uh, 
Clint Hill, which is obviously a yes. beautiful park. It's lovely. Uh, that, up in yeah. Scotland, you've got Glen Johnson. Yes, yeah, so it's beautiful and, uh, there. And, yes. and obviously the Manor Solomon, and, yes, and, uh, which is which is obviously located right next to Adrian Heath. Yes, very good. Um, uh, I've got some more as well, actually. Uh, it's because. Uh, it was, it was actually on a field trip to Naki Wells when I, um, when, I, when, I, when I thought about this one. Because um, I was off to go and see an Elizabethan quartet play at, uh, at Leon Court. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there's should be loads of these. Uh, so come on, have you got some uh, footballers' names that sound like they belong in a National Trust property? Uh, 030 or 043 Um Yeah, I mean, I... I I went. Uh, I've, I've visited quite a lot of national trust properties. Uh, I went up to the Clint Hill, um, so to speak. Uh, beautiful up there, and um, and as I passed, I went past the Neville South Hall, um, which was I thought was uh, was a lovely place to, to visit. Um, <laughs> Right next and outside the gardens are beautiful. Uh, it's like a Robert Green. It's it's lovely. Um, oh, so yeah, and, oh, and by the way, well done. thank you. And I've found I've found because it's a national trust property. Uh, uh-huh. There's yep. someone who would be in charge of the upkeep. That's Ricardo yeah, Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any more oh. of these, please? Oh, double three or Craig? Uh, sorry, brother of Craig. Yes, brother of Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you got any more of these? Oh, double three or oh four three two thousand and two. Um, we're looking for footballers' names that uh, would fit in with a national trust this morning. Absolutely fantastic. Welcome back to the Northeast Breakfast Show. It is Rye here. It is my show today. Joined by Ted and Daz, obviously, on the buttons. We've got a lot more to talk about in the next hour. Uh, we've also got some club headlines coming up, but we've got something that's a bit close to our hearts. We've got a very special charity walk that's taking place this weekend, obviously. It is the Derby-ish, or the Derby, or the Borough beating the Mackhams again 4-0, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but there has been a charity walk that's been set up this weekend, and we're going to speak to... I'm going to speak to someone very special about it. They're looking to raise £12,000 uh, for the charity walk, and they're at, currently sitting at 11350 of that goal. Absolutely incredible. incredible. So we're going to talk to uh, Chris, someone very close to that. Uh, Chris, very soon on the morning breakfast show, absolutely fantastic effort uh, talking about that walk as well uh, and see if we can help them in any way, get them over the line before the game this weekend. We've got to talk about uh, obviously Lewis Miley who's just signed a new long-term contract at Newcastle. We will be covering the Newcastle uh, news in Steve Wraith's absence but we'll talk to uh, Teddy Boy about whether he wants anyone at Sunderland to sign a new long-term deal. We're going to talk about Darren Moore being sacked after 23 games at Huddersfield. Neil Warnock's replacement hasn't lasted all too long. Will Warnock be in that back in action for Huddersfield and what the lads think of that, that obviously close to home. And a bit of a fun one coming up. We've got the likes of Henri Birdcamp, Shearer and Sutton. Will we ever see great strike partners in football ever again? Will we ever have uh, anyone lining up together and talking about uh, them in the history of greatest strike partnerships? Because it just seems to be one striker up front now for modern day football. Is Has modern day football killed the upfront strike partnerships, all that and more to come in the next hour on the Northeast Precky Show. But I believe, Dazzy Boy, yeah. as long as we have no bugs... It is time for some club headlines. Am yeah, I right in absolutely. saying that? Absolutely. Or is Smoking there some. Is- and proud. Borough News. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Borough News. I guess-
Yes, we're good. There's no bugs in the system today. Good morning. Hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. Borough are ready for a bidding war over the next few days with the deadline day coming to shut this Thursday. Morgan Rogers is now the target of West Ham in a reported $15 million pound move. Middlesbrough have apparently set a minimum of $15 million uh, pounds on Rogers, and it seems Villa haven't been willing to reach that. Now reported West Ham are eager to take Rogers and will cough up the $15 million pound asking price. Obviously, the next few days will be busy for the recruitment team at Borough, who has been reported that they are keen to bring in a striker and possibly a replacement for Rogers, but it will only be if it's the right fit, the right player, and the right deal at this stage of the season. Middlesbrough also surprised everyone last week by signing left-back Luke Thomas on loan. The young left-back had been loaned on loan sorry, at Sheffield United for the season, however, has had that cut short as Wilder, their new boss, moved to a back three. Thomas has now come across to the borough in what would seem like a perfect move for all parties. Borough were missing at Bangura, but likely now for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury, Luke Thomas joins on loan from Leicester City. And Borough will likely remain now without their Aussie duo as I broke, fight back the tears in Riley McGree, the GOAT, and Sammy Silvera as Australia beat Indonesia 4-0 to progress into the final game, uh, final round of eight. The final of the Asian Cup will be played on the 10th of February, so likely Australia, if they do make the final, uh, will be without Riley McGree and Sammy Silvera at the Borough until after that date. And just finally, Borough women have signed prolific goalscorer A. Dale. The 20-year-old forward is Michael Mohan's latest addition to his squad as he looks to add more goals to the side. Dale has already bagged eight goals so far this season. Get in. Faye, who started her career at Borough, has represented England Lionesses from under-15s to under-19s. The player is returning to the side after joining Durham Sestria in 2022. That is your headlines. Up the Borough. Good morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans, and happy Tuesday. Alex Pritchard appears to be on the brink of a reunion with Tony Mowbray after a second time in his career where he's forced to move away from the club he's contracted to. Pritchard told the Black Cats he was withdrawing from the matchday squad in a bid to leave the club with immediate effect, and rumours are abound that he'll switch to Birmingham City for a nominal fee thought to be around £100,000 for the 30-year-old. The midfielder would, of course, be able to leave for free in the summer. Sunderland AFC under-21 sealed a comfortable three points in the Premier League 2 with a 3-1 victory over Leeds United last night. Harrison Jones grabbed the opener from Timothy Pembele's cutback on 16 minutes. Nazari Rusin slotted away the second of the evening, finding the bottom corner just moments later. Rusin then had his second and Black Cat's third just before the break, rounding the keeper and finishing into an open net. The hosts did grab a consolation goal, however the game was already beyond redemption for Leeds as the lads cemented fifth place in the Premier League 2. And finally, Sunderland women are now in the League Cup quarterfinals after the FA's decision to deduct three points from Aston Villa for fielding an ineligible player against the Lasses last week. As we mentioned last week, after initially being knocked out of the competition, an accusation was made after Villa's Noel Maritz came on as a substitute. Yet Maritz, who signed for Villa earlier this month, had previously played three times for Arsenal in this season's competition. The decision means that the Lasses will now face the mighty Chelsea women's team in the next round, who are regarded as one of the very best sides in the world in the women's game. How are the Lasses? There's your Sunderland headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. A 4-1 home victory for Blackburn Rovers over Wrexham in the fourth round of the FA Cup on Monday means that Newcastle will travel to Ewood Park next month in the fifth round. 
Newcastle United yesterday announced that Lewis Miley had signed a new long-term contract. The 17-year-old midfielder has committed his future to the Magpies, having become an important part of Eddie Howe's first-team squad this season. Ahead of the transfer window closure on Thursday at 11pm, media speculation over activity at Gallagher continues, albeit at a reduced pace. Monday brought nothing new in terms of departures, with Miguel Miron's future increasingly looking to be on Tyneside as the Saudi transfer window closes today. A new incoming link yesterday surfaced from David Ornstein writing in The Athletic, that of Aston Villa's central midfielder Jacob Ramsey. However, that was dismissed by Eddie Howe during Monday's pre-Villa press conference. Newcastle returned to Premier League action tonight at Villa Park. The game kicks off at 8.15 and it's live on TNT Sports. That's in Newcastle headlines on Tuesday morning. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stonygate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The Red Batoon and the Cat. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Northeast Breakfast Show. Joined here by Rye. Obviously, lover of Borough. you got Teddy the Mackham, a.k.a. Hilton Boy, and Daz pushing the buttons <laughs> behind the desk, as always. Uh, lads, we've got a big last half hour of the show coming up. We have got a special guest coming on at the turn of 8.30 as well. So we'll probably be uh, interrupting your sports headlines at that stage, but we'll come back after that because we've got to talk to Chris uh, about the charity walk and the amazing effort he has done. But, lads, as we close in on that, i got to talk to you, lads, about something that's a little bit interesting to me in modern day football, and that is one striker, no strike partners. That's right. I talk about young Joshy Coburn and the fans wanting to see him up front with Latte Lath, but it just doesn't happen. I'm talking about young Mason Burstow. Could he be paired up with Rusin? It just doesn't happen. I'm talking about Isaac and Callum Wilson on the same pitch at the same time. It just doesn't happen. Modern day football is one striker and that does it. Will we ever see the likes of a strike partnerships ever again in our lifetime, Teddy boy? I want to see another Henri Bird camp. I want to see two strikers up front yep. out trying to outscore each other. We saw it a little bit last season with Middlesbrough, but it wasn't even that because we had Chuba Akpom and Cameron Archer pushing each other. But you would think Cameron Archer was usually used as that solo striker and Chuba Akpom sat behind him, obviously chipping in with 29 goals, did Chuba Archer with 11. But... In terms of just your natural 4-4-2, it just seems to be an art form that's going to be lost uh, much like uh, your trumpet skills. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm not having that, first of all. <laughs> hey. I've represented my country, young man, on, on my trumpet-playing skills. Thank you very, very much. He is a decent Dear trumpeter. me. Uh, just because you played the didgeridoo, don't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, so yeah, I've, I think for, for the time being, I think you're right. Um, I, I think this strike partnership thing is, because of the system we play, I mean, some clubs don't even play with a striker. They'll play with a false nine. Like Sunderland did for, for the large part of last season, played with a variety of different people in that false nine role. I'm not a big lover of that. Um, and looking at the way teams are setting up now, I actually predict you're going to start and see four four two creep back in, because four four two is actually 
a, a bit of an antidote to the way that uh, that modern modern football is being played. Setting up with with you know two banks to four, kind of it, it stifles the the ability for you know the way Pep plays where he likes fullbacks to come into side in in into midfield and then drop into those central midfield positions. Four four two takes care of that, and what that does free things up is to have a traditional strike partnership. Now, the one that every single Sunderland fan is waiting for me to go and say it, say it, say it, it's Quinn and Phillips. And that, that was our most deadly of, of strike partnerships. Absolutely incredible. It was the traditional big man and little man up top. Um, I, I think Kevin Phillips, obviously Kevin Phillips scored a, an enormous amount of goals, but the majority of them were down to Niall Quinn and, and, and doing yeah. the work. Quinny in his own right was was had a fantastic goal scoring record for us. They, they complemented each other well. You, you knew that. I mean, Kevin Phillips was one of them who, most of the time, it was sort of in the box and he was a, a proper poacher. He could hit the occasional absolute screamer from outside the box, but he was what what I would call you know like a Aston Wenger called a fox in the box. He, he was he was one of those who would tidy up and 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 score the score the neat little goals. Whereas Quinny, obviously fantastic in the air, big man anyway, so he, he was he was a great target man, but deceptively good with his feet. In in the same way that Peter Crouch was, um, you know, lovely touch and, and and could surprise you with some really deft finishes as well. And obviously, yeah, I mean back back in history we had Gates and Gabbiadini in in the past as well, who were who were a phenomenal G force duo, the, great together, complemented each other well. There is a place for this, and there is a place for you know, even even across the northeast, the the Shearer and and Ferdinand at Newcastle was it was an incredible little pairing. They've done it for years, and it it needs to come back for me. Not not so much just because four four two works, and I think it is going to break up this kind of um, tick attack kind of style of play, but you're going to get more goals with with two strikers. And especially when the form a partnership, the way that we have seen in the past, I think the last time we saw it at Sunderland was probably uh, Benton Asamoah Jean, um, which was again you know, worked very very well. It was when Steve Bruce looked like he could have been a football manager, um, but yeah, it, it's it's something I think can come back. I think for now it doesn't because everybody's trying to to follow the Pep model, which mm. which is a bit of a shame because nobody's thinking outside the box and kind of going. Well, how do we counteract it rather than just follow it? You know, you, you can't play Man City at their own game because they've got more money than just about anybody else. So, you know, do what you're good at. Bring back four four two. Stick a stick a big man and a little man up front. Give them time to gel, and and you're going to get goals. What do you reckon, Dazzy Boy? One thing that I've noticed, obviously, with modern day football is obviously not only the lack of two strikers up front, just the solo, but you're probably then on the flip side of that. We've lost that that classic centre back. That aggressive big lad that throws his body around, blocks everything, because they're now looking for that, that I guess, that more athletic centre-back that can pass uh, and play it out from the back and has the ability with a good sort of long ball or passing at them. I mean, gone are the days of, uh, I think of, you know, I think of like Chris Samba. Do you remember him, the big lad uh, who was, yeah. you know, played for Blackburn and that? I mean, he was never good on the ball, but my God, he's a big lad and he'd throw a good tackle in, but... Those sorts of defenders seem to be a bygone because of modern-day football as well as the two strikers up front. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's I think it's a sad thing. You know, we we look back at football quite nostalgically, don't we? It's it's you know we we look back to the the good old days, and you know when um, you know whatever team, whatever you know generation it was that we were growing up. You know, we look back and go, oh, that was the best football ever, and you know yeah. I, I love the way that, that you know for me it was it was you know I was a massive Glenn Hoddle fan. I love that sort of creative him waddle out. You know, I wanted to be that creative midfielder winger thing. You know that that they were. I would hit a ball from thirty yards, hoping then it gets lodged in the stanchion. You know, you know, we we're very nostalgic about our football. You know, from when it, it mattered to us, um, and I think you know the, the, there's a there's a there is a, a lovely nostalgia about this this double strike partner, isn't there? A, a, yeah. You know, um, and you know, I, I would love to see that back, but. You know, we we just don't play four four two anymore. Um, you know, it just doesn't happen. So, um, and I think the thing about the uh, the the centre backs, you know, that is definitely one that I also think that you know uh, is is a sad loss. That 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 real meaty guy who gets stuck in, you know, uh, heart on the sleeve, you know, Terry Butcher, blood on the head, all that sort of stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and. Uh, I mean, dare I say it, we've seen this whole, you know, we've seen playing out from the back works really well if you've got the players to do it, right? And we only saw just over a week ago uh, how that can also be an undoing of a, a team yeah. as well. Um, and, and sometimes you just want just someone at the back just to put their foot through it or just to, you, yeah. know, um, you know, tap their chest and, you know, pump their, you know, testosterone and say look you know come on lads mm. um, rather than some of this little flipping about at the back you know <laughs> yeah. uh, very quickly tidied that up um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I mean I, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one right you know I get it the game has moved on and without a doubt <laughs> I'm not you know I'm not being so nostalgic the game has moved on yeah yeah um, but you know, uh, and I, I was really chuffed to see Ben Gibson score the, the other day. Yeah, I mean, off his shoulder. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, Gibson. Gibson was like that for us when he was at Borough, wasn't he? He, he was, was Borough through and through. Steadily finish. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and then he, he goes and gives the ball away, which it was for the <laughs> third goal or something. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh dear me. Yeah, don't bring that up. Uh, yeah. Um, so. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm all for the 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 meaty centre back who gets stuck in and heart on the sleeve and uh, you know and and knows how to play out from the back. <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It just seems to be a bygone era for me in the modern day. Like you said, uh, Teddy boy, everyone seems to be you know copying this Guardiola style yeah. of football where you play it out from the back and you've got to have an athletic athletic centre back. You know, you've obviously yeah. you know you, you've always sort of seen sometimes Sunderland's undoing is Luco 9, but then on the weekend he puts in a stellar performance sort of thing. But it's that type of player that, you know, that we now get used to. It's that athletically, you know... But look built, what he's got next know. to him. He's got... Dan exactly. Ballard is is what I would call an old-fashioned centre-back. Mm, he's built like the proverbial brick house, you know? Mm, it's, um, yeah. Well, obviously there's a word omitted from that because I managed to clean that up in time <laughs> as well. But there is a place for this, mate. And it happens... It seems to go in cycles that, I mean... 
it, even at international level, somebody is always copying somebody else's style. England yep. went through this thing of like, or oh, we need to copy the French method in in terms of like you know, in looking at the academies and looking at the way we coach and all that kind of thing. We still haven't won a World Cup, and they've been trying to copy that since France '98. Be original, yeah. That's, I, yeah. I think I, I genuinely think there is a there is a place for four four two football to come back in. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Well, interesting. We'll wait and see if that is it. You know, time will tell uh, if modern day football obviously does. Uh, you know, allow us to see uh, two strikers up front or that you know that old school uh, blood on your face sort of style of defending. But uh, for me, at the moment, the current day is uh, playing it out from the back and one striker up front and. Lo and behold, it's uh, it's not proving, you know, to, to, it, the thing that we've lost is is that 20, 25 goal strikers. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to happen anymore. It, it, obviously, Erling Haaland may be the difference there, but because of the style of football, modern day playing it around out from the back possession football, we've kind of lost those players, you know, going for the golden boot, I guess you could say. It yeah. seems to have lost its shine for me. Uh, and I remember growing up, it used to be something where it was going to be Henri, was it going to be Bergkamp, was it going to be Van Nisselrooy? Do you know what I mean? And, you, yeah. and, and Drogba. And now you don't really see anyone talk about it or report on it anymore because it's just lost that sort of flair to it. Uh, and no one's really challenging for it. And if you win the golden boot with 11 goals in a season, you're kind of like, well, is it really a golden boot or is it more of just uh, you, you got lucky? Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's an interesting thing. But lads, yeah. we're coming up normally for our sports headlines, but I believe, Dazzy Boy, yeah. I believe if we are, again, bug free and don't cut me off this time, please. Uh, <laughs> We should have someone online. Oh, you thought that was online? a bug? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, have, we, have we got Chris? Have we? Uh, we're going to have a chat with Chris in just one second. Just remind us of what Chris uh, is up to, Ted. Um, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, of this this charity walk that he's doing. Yeah. So Chris Beanie, uh, who's a, a, a long term friend of mine, Chris Chris is very lucky. Uh, he saw me in my prime as a centre back for Billingham Station. Um, but we're not going to let him talk about that, are we, Beanie? You can stay away from that, mate. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, in August of this year, uh, a, a, a friend of ours who, who used to play for the for the team as well, uh, Chris Wood, Middlesbrough FC season ticket holder, he suffered his second brain hemorrhage, causing a major stroke, leaving him hospitalised for nearly three months. Now, Chris is nearly, he's back home now with his family, but has complete weakness to the whole right side of his body. And he needs specialist neurological rehabilitation, which can't be provided by the NHS, unfortunately. Uh, now, Chris Beanie, uh, that's going to get confused with the two Chris's, Chris Beanie has set um, the uh, crowdfunding page up. Um, they set an initial target. They're, they've actually increased the target now because, look, this, this therapy is not cheap. This is, this is seriously, seriously expensive stuff. Um, and doing it for, for, for the love of a mate as well. The Vic actually increased the target to 15,000 now. They have £12,472 right now donated, which is a superhuman effort. Um, and and what's, what's great about this as well is that the charity walk that's going to happen, uh, that's going to go from uh, the Stadium of Light to the Riverside Stadium, uh, there's, a, there's a group of the lads going to be doing it and lasses as well I believe um, and it's a mix of Sunderland and Middlesbrough fans now Chris as he's going to about to tell you is from Billingham but is actually a Mackham he is actually a Sunderland fan um, which which makes him a rarity on Tayside I would imagine <laughs> loves the borough 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a mutual love there, but yeah. Uh, so that's the general <laughs> gist of it. So we're going to find out what preparations Chris has been making, because um, I don't think he was ever the fittest in the in, in, in and around the squad. Beanie, I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, that's a very fair reflection. That, to be perfectly honest, Ted, very fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss. <laughs> Good morning, it's been Chris. a while, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it has. Morning, uh, mate. I mean, Thanks look, for joining us. Morning. You're all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fantastic. Look, in, terms of, in terms of preparation and stuff, I mean, uh, I know a lot of the lads have been out doing walks. I know, I know, Jenny's been out every uh, every Sunday uh, organising long uh, long walks, and I went out with her and Glenn and Hubbard and Claire, and we did eighteen yep. miles. 18 mile the other Sunday and honestly I had to crawl up the stairs on all fours after that to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> and that, that's just over half the distance you've got to cover isn't it <laughs> yes it is yeah so I mean we're in for a long we're in for a long night I think gentlemen <laughs> so tell um, us about the walk obviously what brought it along uh obviously we've had um we've had the chat on the show previously about it obviously uh the money trying to be raised just tell us, just for the listeners that might be uh, new to it, obviously, uh, what it's about, why you're doing it, and uh, yeah, what what uh, the the goal uh, of the you know the funds are. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as Ted was explaining there, I mean, um, obviously, Chris, uh, one of my best mates, um, suffered a, a second brain hemorrhage, um, leaving him hospitalised for, um, for for nearly three months. Um, luckily, you know, the NHS do a really good job. Um, but you know it can only go so far. Uh, he's back home with his yeah. family now, but um, you know we need we need we need to raise funds so that he can um, he can keep getting rehabilitated, so that he can get back to um, to as close to normal life as, as he can get. So um, I mean, we were looking to raise to raise mon- to raise money for him, and um, I'm part of the Billingham Sunderland supporters branch, and. Years and years ago, we used to do a walk from Billingham to Sunderland and raise money for um, for various different charities. Um, so I thought, well, given I'm a Sunderland fan and Chris is a Middlesbrough fan, and the game's coming round, why not? Uh, why not do something along them lines? And you know, we've got over 50 people doing it um, wow. this weekend. You know, r- ranging from people in their 20s to people people coming up to 60 doing it so you know you know, uh, you know it, it's really good and we've raised it we've raised a lot of money and a lot of awareness um and and, and long may it keep going and that, that figure keep rising yeah no, popular lad so. as well i mean obviously i i, I played football I, I, I think that's probably a loose description beanie but i did play in the same <laughs> squad as, as as chrissy wood i think chrissy wood was probably the the shining talent of that squad he was a hell of a left winger as well like how's chris actually doing at the minute yeah he, well he definitely was a shining light in that squad definitely it certainly wasn't you shining it wouldn't shining have taken much I, <laughs> <laughs> I think i was more it, it rhymed with shining light chris <laughs> <laughs> No. Or an abbreviation, I mean, it just, anyway. <laughs> it just shows that, uh, you know, all the sponsorships, uh, all the money that's been raised, how popular Chris is. Um, and he yeah. said he was a very popular member of that squad and, you know, in his friend group and, and work and everything. Um, you know, he's it, it's a slow and steady progress um, with Chris and, and you know, uh, he knows that. And it's just important that we can give him every chance to get back to 
to as close as he was, what he was, or as close as he as close as he was like before, really. So you know, he's yeah. he's getting physiotherapy and stuff at the moment, and and you know, it's having it's having a little effect. But you know, we with the money that we're raising is is to make sure that uh, this keeps going and progress keeps getting made, basically. Oh, that's Brilliant, excellent. Yeah. Abs- Can you talk to us about I the mean, walk I'm itself? Obviously, moment. yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, the walk itself, obviously, from uh, the stadium of lights is setting off to the riverside. What time are you setting off and uh, how long do you think the walk's going to take? So um, we're setting off at um, 7 p.m. on Saturday night, um, you know, with stops <laughs> <Sorry>. and things. <laughs> I'm sorry, Beanie. I'm, 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 I'm just the, the fact that you're going to do this overnight is just filling me with so much joy. But anyway, <laughs> crack on. <laughs> we're flying 10 um, over yeah, for it. That's the, he doesn't know this yet. <laughs> <laughs> No, we we set off at we set off at seven pm on the Saturday night. It's going to take with stops and um, a minor refreshment point at the station pub in Billingham, uh, which you'll well know. Love it. Um, it's it's yes, going to take going well. um, it's going to take around seventeen hours to complete. Wow! Jeez, what a walk! So, so what time are you expecting to finish? What time, Chris? So we're expected we're we're due at Middlesbrough Stadium at half past ten um, because um, we're we're due in the fan zone there because very kindly Sunderland and Middlesbrough of um, the the football clubs have both come together to um, help us out with this stuff. There's, so there'll be a Excellent. there'll be an ex Sunderland player will be setting us off from the walk, uh, setting us off wow. at seven o'clock from the stadium light, and Middlesbrough oh, are going to be uh, doing something for us in the fan zone um, outside the ground. So if anyone's there, feel free to come over. We'll all have t-shirts on. The QR code's going to be on the sleeve, so feel free to come over and and and, and donate and things. Um, if if you see us out and about, it. either during the walk, if anyone's if anyone's out and about, or if we Middlesbrough Town Centre uh, on the morning of the game or outside the ground. No, well, just Fantastic on that, obviously, with the donation, uh, it, just to let us let the, everybody know, how can they, people get in, uh, in to donate? How, where can they go to donate? Uh, and where we're currently at with the goal? Uh, yeah, so we're at £12,470 at the moment. I mean, to, our target is 15000 but, um, you know, it, it's all about raising as much money as possible. There's no, yeah. there's no actual set target. Okay. Um, yeah. if I, I'll, I'll send you a link after this so that you can uh, maybe post it up on, um, on, on your websites and things. Um, but it's all, yeah. it's all on just given. And if you search my name, Chris Beanie, B-E-A-N-E-Y, um, you'll, you'll find it on there and our pages on there to donate. Great. Well, Chris, Chris, we're, we're going to be live, aren't we? On, on Sunday. yeah. Well, I was just about to say um, that, Chris. We're we're going to be on air um, on our match day live program uh, on the red and uh, on the cat uh, as well at the weekend. And uh, our Davy lad will be at the uh, the six medals. So if you if you are passing the six medals, nip in. But he's going to try and get over to see you as well, uh, so we can maybe have a chat with you live on air and see how the total's going um, and see how you you're, see how you're the managing. Are as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and whether you'll be I, snoozing I mean, I be during the I game, I might be slumped on the floor at that point. To be fair, gentlemen, yeah. so I mean, that's probably where he needs to be looking. I know Snivelaga's going to revive you, mate. I know you'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brilliant no, feel free, feel free, um, come try me. Yeah, I look forward to it. No, great. It'd be lovely That'd to be get you uh, get you on at the end. Uh, 
uh, across uh, the northeast and, and see how you've done. That would be lovely. So our David lad, we we'll need uh, to get a prediction out of them, lads. We we'll need oh, to yeah. get a prediction for the game out of them. Is a side, yep. Mackham? Which is which is you know you you're very rare in captivity, you Chris. Let's have your <laughs> prediction for Sunday's game, mate. What do you reckon? Oh, I'll I'll be happy if I can stand up in the ground and and watch the game. <laughs> but uh, score prediction, I would I'd be quite happy with uh, one 0 Sunderland win. Oh, yes, delusional. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> See, Bryce trying to be nice now because you've come on to promote the charity. You can't say anything negative. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be saying anything. I think it's a fantastic, you know, thing. You know, and I think what you're doing is incredible. Uh, not only for your best mate, but for, for for an idea to come up with, you know, and how you can raise money uh, for not only you know a mate, but also the, the the cause. You know what I mean? And and the, the, the you know, it's just incredible. And I, I commend you uh, for for putting it together and coming up, and then obviously doing the walk itself as well, setting off the night before, walking through the night while everyone's tucked in their beds. Uh, and then making it to the ground. I'm sure that uh, that drink at the end of finish line will taste ever so sweet. And uh, hopefully it's a good match uh, between the two teams on the day. I think you'll be uh, a little bit upset with the end result, but that doesn't matter because you would have achieved so much before <laughs> can't that. Help himself, uh, can we... He can't help himself. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore Thank him you beanie. so much for coming on on the Northeast Breaking Show this morning. Thanks for joining us. And as always, uh, we will post the links for anyone that's listening in and around. Uh, but just one last time, how can someone just, just if they want to donate right now, where can they head? Yeah, go to Just Given, um, search my name, Chris Beanie, B-E-A-N-E-Y. You'll find my page on there. Um, and if you can donate on there, anything will be greatly received to help Chris in any way, shape or form. Fabulous. Well done, Thank you so much. Very best. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Oh, oh that's fab, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic, fantastic. isn't it? Oh, what Do you know effort. what it is? What an effort. Like, Setting off the I've, night I've got before. a message. I've got a message from Gaz, who actually came on the first time to yeah, talk about this. Remember, going, yeah. I see Beanie's going to do it. He'll be absolutely terrified. I think he sounded like an absolute <laughs> natural there. I'm dead proud mm. of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic effort. And what, a, what, a, idea. what an idea to come up with, with for your mate, you know what I mean, that's obviously had one of the worst years that he's probably you know he'll ever experience in his life to, to be able to know that you've got friends out there that are willing to do that and you know probably give you some much yeah. needed funds to get through it it's incredible uh, and that's what you know and what get, friends get are another for. example yeah. of right that the, the northeast football fans are exactly just the best in the world. exactly yeah. the they, are, mate. they stick together they, they include new you know what i love as well, well. yeah i mean you could, might be a derby might not be a derby but the two clubs that they come together him saying there that a Sunderland player is going to set them off from stadium alight there'll be obviously people welcoming there when they arrive at middlesbrough I mean, for something like this, it doesn't matter. Football's, you know, football's secondary to this sort of stuff. And, and you know, Middlesbrough Football Club and Sunderland commend both the clubs for getting together and probably chatting about how they can help and, and you know, how they can make their day even more special, um, you know, with a player or two or something like that. So incredible gesture yeah. from both clubs to get involved if, there as well and, and get, get behind it. Grand, if they get the 15 grand by Sunday, by kickoff, I'll refer to it as a derby. Oh, oh my goodness! There you go. Jeez. I will refer to it as a derby if we get the fifteen grand, and, I, and I'm going to promote it as well because I, I, yep. I hope I can do that. I hope I can, yep. you know, swallow yeah. me pride and actually call it that. Let, let's let's get that link out there yeah. and, and let's help out Chris. That's, that's that fabulous, excellent. that is Ted. Um, we ha we have got a, a post. <laughs> yeah, you might. Um, we have got a post out on the red uh, Facebook. Um, 
Yep. They went out yesterday, and it was the big question, Ted, uh, is is it a derby or not a derby? Uh, and just, I mean, just fascinating oh comments. Uh, just, wow. I mean, since we've been on air, there's been another 80-odd comments uh, put oh up there. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, just, I just flicked to it there, and the last message was uh, from uh, Heather. Uh, to me, it's just another fixture. There's no sense of rivalry at all. They aren't even in the no. same county. I think it stems from no. the fact that Borough, as such, don't really have a derby, so they adopted us. No. Uh, I was wanting Borough to win their last cup match, and I'm a Sunderland fan. Uh, so, I mean, there is a real range of comments on there, and we'd love to get your comments on. Uh, search for the Red Radio on Facebook, uh, and you will find this, uh, the Derby, or not a Derby, uh, that is the question. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and maybe we'll pick up on that uh, before the weekend as well. We'll get go through some of those comments. Oh, you mean Definitely. Yeah. Too Derby or not too Derby? Yeah, that's what I should have said, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, I'm tired. We'll picking up before the I'll weekend, I tell lines, you what. Honestly. And listen, before Thursday, we... we Friday. Before we talk and get some predictions uh, for this evening, uh, we have been talking all morning about footballers' names that would fit in with the National Trust, haven't we? Uh, yes, and we've had loads of these in this morning. I mean, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Keenan Drewsby Hall, uh, Nelson Abbey, Jusung Park. Fantastic. Um, I, I had a trip up the Mason Mount, so to speak. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and Ted, you had a few there as well, didn't you? Yes, one That's or two. Um, the, the, <laughs> no, uh, Adrian Heath, obviously be- beautiful grassland area, oh, lovely, yeah. uh, which is which is located next to the Craig Forest. Yes, um, yes. And, which obviously right in the middle of that lies uh, David Raw Castle. Yes. Oh, that David Raw Castle is it's lovely there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, well, it's not to be confused with Natloft House, of course. No, That's no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very proud when you, of that. When you, went, when you walked over there, did you go over the uh, Nobby Styles? Did you? Did you go over <laughs> there? Um, but listen, listen. Uh, our Davy lad, as as you know, he's had a quiet morning because he's you know he's had his morning off. Uh, yeah. But he, he has, he's, he's been busy Because uh, we've got a message oh. here through from Davy Ladd uh, Telling us about He recently went for a lovely drive Through Jordan Pickford um, with, <laughs> Which is within the Jonathan Which is within the Jonathan grounds um, yes. Where the famous oh. uh, John O'Greening Is well looked after uh, yes. By Craig Gardner uh, As we headed uh, Colin West Crossing Michael Bridges Across <laughs> the Mickey Burns um, The <laughs> They spotted a Paul Gas coin on the road, uh, but Nile Ranger came across and was a complete Thomas Hauser, uh, claiming it was a complete Matt Crooks. Uh, well, we didn't let <laughs> we didn't let the Ranger behaviour Gianluca fester, so the day ended well with a beautiful view of Johnny House on, um, and we enjoyed a few Stephen pears uh, <laughs> leaning on a sun-drenched Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> At the top of the rugged John Craggs, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is Davy Ladd this morning. Well done. Well done. Well done. Brilliant. Yeah, no, wow. that's a great effort. That wowie. I'm, I'm actually really, Jeez, really impressed by that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he's got—he's obviously got far too much time on his hands. Yeah, obviously, he's yeah. not doing this show. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> enjoying that sleeping is our daily lad. Yeah. But no, it's very excellent. good. And uh, 
And don't forget, you can get in touch if you've got any suggestions there to add to the lads because the only, all I gave them was Simon Church and then I was pretty proud of that. That was good. Or double three or oh four three two thousand and two. If you can come up with any footballers' names that belong in uh, a National Trust property. And our Jack uh, from Leicester has been in touch this morning. Uh, and he's given Davy Ladd a round of applause there as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. well yes, nice one, Jack. Well, yeah, well done. Uh, no, Jack, well Al- done. Jack also said, morning, lads. Uh, enjoying the show, as always. Looking forward to the Beal Derby at the weekend. Yes. How many nil do you think it will be this time? Ooh, <laughs> Jack just like set a little uh, touch I paper actually, there. I, I got an in-house, I got an in-house prediction today. Right. Oh. Because Miss, Mrs. Ted is is she, she does listen to the show on occasion. Mm. Um, okay. Probably through the spare room door, but you know, um, she Ted. actually she actually nailed on the, uh, the the prediction for the Sunderland Newcastle game. She actually oh. got it 100% bang on. She, she went against Sundland, which obviously, you know, we've had a chat about that and one yes. more time and yep. she's out the door, to be honest. Um, yeah, yep. Sh- so sh- her prediction is um, out the door this morning? It, no, no, no. She's uh, she's predicted 3-1 to Sunderland for this weekend. Oh, my. So, what a, you've been slipping something into her tea, 100%. There's no way. There's no way. I'm, I'm just hoping she never saw us up, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Three wonders, Sunderland. Well, uh, if, if, if we, we're going to move on from that malarkey uh, because we've got to talk quickly about Lewis Miley, uh, who's just signed a new long-term contract with Newcastle overnight, lads. He signed to the year 2028 uh, in what would normally be a Steve Wraith. Woo-hoo! And I know he doesn't do that, but I'm just pretending that he does. Uh, Lewis Miley should. has obviously been... <laughs> yes. uh, Lewis Miley has been a, a, an absolute starlet for Newcastle's, albeit rough season. I dare say at the start of the season, young Lewis probably wouldn't have even seen uh the the pitch this season if it hadn't been for all the injuries newcastle suffered but you know with an injury someone takes their chance and i think lewis has kind of done that he scored in the champions league as well uh and he's obviously 17 years of age absolutely incredible he's signed to the year 2028 my question to you teddy boy is i will give you an eight year contract right and it is not to go on the books not ffp or anything like that but you can give it to one Uh, player in your current squad uh, you can sign yep. them on for the next eight years. Obviously, we've got to, uh, only four years out of Lewis Miley, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be generous. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna say, look, I'm not gonna put this on FFP. We're gonna do it under the table. Little yeah. slight. I like what you've done. Uh, I it like looks what you've like done. eight year deal. Okay, you can give it to one player. Who's getting that contract, Teddy Boy? Chris Rigg. Oh, Absolutely, Chris Rigg. Okay. Without hesitation, okay. Chris Rigg, and I would build a side around him. I I oh, honestly okay. think Chris Rigg is that good. At 16 years wow. old, mate, this this kid is going places. It's no wonder that the likes of Manchester United and Newcastle United were sniffing around him. He's got another two years. I think it's a schoolboy contract he has. Because he's yeah, yeah. in professional terms at 17, I believe it is, isn't it? Um, I think this so. This kid yes. has he has everything, and it was nice to see him get some game time again. Because we were starting to worry a little bit that that obviously when Tony Mowbray went. Um, that that he maybe not get the chance again under Bale, but he was back in first team action again, and he was he, he got on the pitch or he got about ten minutes towards the end of the game. Chrissy Rigg never looks out of place. He plays like a bloke, like a fully grown bloke, but he's only this this small diminutive little sixteen year old lad. He's just got everything he picked. I guess you can draw comparisons with Lewis Miley on this. He pick he picks the right pass. He do, he, his options that he that he makes and takes a first class. 
It's just the right decision every single time. And I, I, I love that and I really admire that about Lewis Miley and I, I, you know, getting him tied down on a long-term contract is very important for Newcastle. Smart again, business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at the age of some of the players in Newcastle's squad and, you know, some of the maybe some of the local lads who probably will, will be heading out the door, the likes of Dummett, I don't think they're up to the standard that Newcastle really want to be getting to. Um, so having a Geordie in there, in Lewis Miley, at, at 17 years old, at the, at the talent that he is, massively important. I'm, I honestly think Newcastle should be building the side around this kid. And, and, and look mm. at him, right, you know, five years' time, this kid's going to be our captain, like, like you know, a, a Jordan Henderson kind of role uh, in the club. Mm. He's, he's mature beyond his years, but there's definitely, definitely comparisons to be made with, with Chris Rigg as well. Every coach has said it so far about the lad, I would get him tied down absolutely long-term, no question about it. He's, he's the priority. Wow, that's an interesting one. And Daz, I want to go to you for the yeah. same question because my answer is Riley McGree and it's easily uh, because I'd give him, you know, a 3,000-year contract uh, and then let him live with me for the rest of his life. Uh, but just quickly, lads, before I do get Daz's thoughts, we just got a, a breaking news from our resident uh, Sunderland Echo man, Jimmy Coppers, as I like to call him. Oh, Jimmy. Or James Copley, as you probably know. Lazio have returned for a second Jack Clark bid. The Italian club also targeting Morgan Whitaker. So just some breaking news there for Sunderland fans this morning that it does look like Lazio have returned with another bid, um, but Sunderland were likely to hold out for a lot more than what Lazio prepared to offer. But they're also targeting Morgan Whitaker. So Lazio, a.k.a. championship uh, Italians, uh, are looking to take Jack Clark and Morgan Whitaker. But does an eight-year deal for any Borough play in the current squad, who are you giving that contract to? Um, Hayden Hackney. Hayden um, Hackney, the diamond yeah. in the rough. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. We know he's a special player, and we also know that um, you know there'll be they, they he'll have his suitors, and and he will go at some point. Um, I, I think there's there's no doubt about that. Um, but you know, he's such a special player. You know, we've seen him develop. We've actually seen him on the pitch develop as a player, um, which I think is 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 hugely important. Um, I mean, one of the other players that excites me is uh, Rav van der Berg. You know, he's he's nineteen. Um, yep. You know, and I think there's there's a real player in there. Uh, and again, you know, a couple of years, I would imagine a big deal. You know, one of the big boys coming in for him, because um, I think he's 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 a really special player that we've got. Um, but I just wanted to have a shout out as well to uh, to one of the uh, under twenty ones, uh, a lad who who I know because uh, he used to play in a similar team to to my boys. He used to go to school with my boys, uh, Jack Stott. Uh, now, uh, you know, Jack had a, a really interesting pre-season last season. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he played a, a couple of games. Um, uh, he was he was red hot. You know, he looks like a player. He's, he's currently out, out, out on loan at Gateshead. Um, yep. You know, I, I'm not sure about an eight-year deal, but I, I think there's something really mm -hmm. special about this kid. Um, mm. You know, and, and I'm, I'm you know going to watch his program, you know, because he was a local lad. You Maddo know. loves him um, as well. Maddo yeah. loves him. Yeah, um, and he actually said uh, to one of my lads, yeah, you know, they were playing a, a game at the school, and, and, and uh, Dan, one of my lads, was a, 
uh, well, they were both really good midfielders, isn't it? But our Dan would like a shot, and he scored this 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 worldy. And his claim to fame is Jack Stott <laughs> said to him, "That's the best goal he's ever seen." Um, so, uh, <laughs> so he always he always brings that up. Um, but no, I think there there is something special about that kid. Um, mm. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to see him at the Want club for a long time. Yeah. Well, there you go, lads. There's the eight-year deals. We're almost done here on the Northeast Brecky Show for your Tuesday morning. Tomorrow morning, we will be joined, rejoined, I should say, by Stevie Race. Uh, we'll have the full contingent for your Wednesday morning. But before we go, lads, we have to get some predictions out of you because we have got a Newcastle versus Aston Villa tie to talk about tonight. Aston Villa at home to Newcastle. Uh, Steve, obviously, uh, couldn't be with us this morning, so we need to... Given what we think tonight, I'm going to skid off here. Aston Villa at home to Newcastle. I'm going for a tough 1-0 victory to Aston Villa. I just think Unai Emery would be very, very eager to rewrite a 5-1 loss to Newcastle at home as well. I think Aston Villa can get the job done after seeing them firsthand against the Borough. Uh, and I just think, yeah, I, I think they're going to go for a 1-0 victory just purely because it's at home. But I'm expecting, as I said, and we've all both said, it's going to be a very tasty affair but uh, I'm going to go to you, Teddy Boy. Newcastle v Villa. Give us a prediction. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. I think there'll be a single goal in it. Um, but I think the Mags will score. I think it'll be a 2-1 win for Aston Villa. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm, I think it's going to be a, a, a real. I think it will be a tight game, and I think there might only be one goal in it. Um, but I, I want to see the Geordies come out with a, a two-one win tonight at Villa Park. Mm. My key man to watch tonight is Dan Byrne. He was fantastic on the weekend against Fulham, uh, and I think he's one of the uh, the most funniest left backs to see, just the due to his size. But he moves like silk. Does Dan Byrne, uh, and we share similar size, uh, me and Dan Byrne. So I, I feel for you, mate. I, I know what it's like at these lofty, lofty heights. But uh, I'm going for, yeah, we're going for a one nil. Uh, but uh, I, I'd love to, uh, yeah, love to talk to Steve tomorrow about the result. But that's it. That is your Northeast Brecky Show done. Daz, you're up next. What is on the morning show with Dazzy? Uh, well, we've got a chat. We've got our own chat agree this morning, all about uh, cars. Uh, we're going to talk about that with. Uh, we've got the usual what's on the box tonight, the newspaper from pages. I'll have a little bit of showbiz. I'll have some showbiz, Jim, showbiz. Uh, we're going to do that. <laughs> People are places, Jim. People are yeah. places. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to do a bit of that. Uh, and we've also got the quiz that is sweeping the nation. Name that theme Fantastic. as well. Um, yeah, which uh, which we're going to do on Thursday when when Steve lands back and I'm back. We're going to do a name that because no. last week we had a name that theme where nobody got all the right I don't answers. Talk about it. Um, I know it's, it's putting Star some pressure Wars. on. Um, oh, no, no, it's oh, a new one. No, no, I'm not talking about that one, oh, Ted. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, on oh, on yeah. my show, we had a name that theme where nobody got the right answer. I don't think it's happened. Oh, um, right. So I thought that. Well, let's let's lay down the gauntlet uh, to you three, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, so hopefully, we'll we'll bring that on Thursday of this week. Excellent. Well, guys, as always, it's been We're a pleasure. Big week. Been a fantastic a morning. Thank you for joining time. us, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget you can catch up on the podcast if you did miss the show. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow for all the laugh, all the bands, all the Steve Wraith and the rubbing of his head. Indeed. <laughs> it's not a derby. See you later. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Take it easy. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. The Northeast Footy Breakfast.
with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red, the tune and 